0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marcia Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marcia Zeidel.
1: Welcome the business edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach. Here's a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, People love chopping wood. In this activity, one immediately sees results. As a Smart Moves Coach, I won't help you chop wood, but I will help you make the leadership and business moves to immediately see results. Realize good intentions don't magically lead to good results. What does is your growth agenda, the right roadmap to keep you on track, growth leaders, the right management team to lead the way, and growth engine, the right talent to provide the energy to make it happen. All three are vital for your success. Now, a quick smart move's treat brought to you by my valued sponsor, Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work.
0: It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth.
1: Celebrating Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker, one of the most influential business thinkers, died nine years ago this week at the ripe old age of 95. His insightful commentary on the world of leadership has hit home with scores of CEOs and executives over his 60-year career, and now resonates with a generation of younger managers inside the traditional corporate environment, as well as with entrepreneurs living life inside lean startups. Here are some of my favorite Druckerisms. His most famous is, efficiency is doing things right, effectiveness is doing the right things. That is certainly one of the best time management tips to follow. Now, let's take a look at what he said about the role of leaders. Quote, Effective leadership is not about making speeches or being liked. Leadership is defined by results, not attributes. In other words, leadership is not about popularity. Rather, it's about doing the right things and getting the right outcomes. Also, he said, The leaders who work most effectively never say I, and that's not because they have trained themselves not to say I, rather they don't think I, they think we, they think team. They understand their job is to make the team function. They accept responsibility and don't sidestep it, but we gets the credit. This is what creates trust. What enables you to get the task done." Unquote. He also has strong beliefs about the role of managers. For example, he said, "Of all the decisions a manager's make, none is as important as a decision about people because they determine the performance capability of the organization." And he said, "I would hope that American managers indeed managers worldwide Continue to appreciate what I've been saying almost from day one that management is so much more than exercising rank and privilege, that is much more than making deals. Management affects people and their lives. Well said, Peter. So here's a smart move tip Drucker called on leaders and managers to embody the spirit of performance by focusing on results by building on strengths rather than harping on weaknesses, and by exhibiting high levels of integrity in their moral and ethical conduct, ultimately serving the common good. So, listeners, what quotes resonate most deeply with you? Most importantly, which of Drucker's words will change your leadership? Do you want to get better, do better, lead better? Discover how with the Effective Manager Series, which gives you 232 practical tips to start working smarter. Contact me at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181.
0: You're listening to Marcia Zeidel, the smart moves coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability.
1: One other quote from Peter Drucker. He said, there is only one ethics, one set of rules of morality, one code, that of individual behavior in which the same rules apply to everyone alike. Business ethics is a hot issue today, and my guest is Andrew Lee, and his topic is No Turning Back, the Unstoppable Advance of Ethical Leadership in Business. He has written over 20 books on leadership and management, many of which have been translated around the world. He jointly founded Maynard Lee Associates in 1989, a leading UK people development company whose mission is inspiring great impact. He runs Ethical Leadership, a website which offers a unique perspective on many of the leading organizations ethically, including compliance and engagement. Welcome, Andrew. It's a delight to have you on the business edge.
2: Well, thank you, Marcia. I'm really glad to be here. It's very exciting for me. Um,
1: And it's exciting for me to be talking to someone from the UK. I I, I really appreciate it. Let's start with helping the listeners understand what exactly do you mean by ethical leadership?
2: (laughs) Well, you're not the first to ask that question, of course. Uh, In business, really, ethical leadership is when a leader constantly refers to what what I would call core values. Uh, Core values such as honesty, fairness, integrity, uh, respect, uh, and so on. Uh, they're, They're people who are concerned with the how of getting results, not just the what. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just another point, really, is that they they tend to be people who set the tone uh, at the top. Uh, They build corporate cultures that uh, take a long-term view about the purpose of the organization, not just a short-term one. And ultimately, they build uh, what I've described in my own book as a sustainable organization.
1: Right. And so I like the point, it's not just the what, it's the how. Um, And I think Peter Drucker would would agree with you that results are important, but it's how you get the results. Is your behavior ethically? Um, So, um, you know, that's that's one aspect of ethical behavior. But to really um, convince managers and leaders, um, you know, the question is, can businesses be ethical and still make money? I mean, because that's the, you know, bottom line, they have to make money. So how do they do that? Well, I think
2: this is one of the great myths around ethics, really, and and business ethics in particular. Um, You know, can businesses be ethical and still make money? Actually, it's a no-brainer, Marsha. All the evidence points to the fact that running an ethical company is actually more profitable than one that's unethical. I mean, on my website, for example, uh, www.ethical-leadership, there's a, there's a page or several pages on all the benefits that come from being ethical. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not sort of, su- of subjective benefits. They're measurable benefits. So, for example, um, there's a wonderful chart from the World's Most Ethical Ethical Companies, which is a, a, an American organization, which measures. Uh, ethicality in in companies and produces a list. And it's a clear chart that shows that the profitability of ethical companies is greater than those that choose not to be ethical or less ethical. So, as I said before, it's really a bit of a a no-brainer to ask, you know, should we be ethical? The answer is, you know, um, like with education, um, have you tried not being ethical? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you uh, you pointed me to that uh, page on your website, and I have it in front of me, and it's called Ethics, the Corporate No-Brainer. And besides that chart, it's it's um, you talk about. There's a stronger competitive position. There's reduced risk and costs, um, and and so many others. Um, can you touch about uh, on some of the other uh, uh, reasons why it is profitable to be ethical? Well. Let's just
2: start with some of the costs that businesses have anyway, which is, for example, recruitment. I mean, it's estimated that recruiting someone to a a new job is equivalent to something like half or 50% of their salary. Mm -hmm. Well, if those people leave because they don't believe in what you do, then it's going to be very expensive to replace them. And the the evidence around recruitment, about retention, Mm -hmm. about People voting with their feet and going to work for companies that are more ethical is overwhelming. There's, there's, there's substantial evidence that the more ethical companies retain their staff. They have less trouble recruiting. People stick with them longer. And if you take, for example, the, the, the present younger generation, mm-hmm. uh, millennials, as they're often called, uh, I mean, they're people who are constantly asking these awkward questions of, you know, of businesses. What are you there for? You know, they're not taking for granted that it's all about making money. They know it's got to make money, but they also want to know, you know, what's your longer term aim in life? How do you want to affect
1: the world? Right. And so this has to do with um, a company's reputation. Are they, you know, are they known to be ethical or not? Um, Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yes, I agree entirely. And in fact, actually, the again, the same sort of thing uh, crops up in terms of um, uh, the evidence in terms of reputation, there's a crucial link between a strong reputation and a superior financial returns. Um, I think it was uh, there was a study by uh, one of the organizations, Burst and the Marstella, uh, which I'm just quoting things, a well-defined and communicating purpose can contribute up to 17% of the financial performance economy-wide of certainly European companies. So, the, I mean, the idea that, you know, um, It's not going to be profitable or that um, uh, it's going to cost too much. Uh, It just doesn't wash. It just doesn't make sense. And you've got to get away from that as an organization. And especially like, for example, I run a a small, medium to medium sized enterprise. You know, we are absolutely committed to ethics and we know there's a cost, but we know there's also a terrible price to pay uh, if we abandon our core values and things that matter.
1: Well, you know, I think that is really a good point. We are going to be taking a short break, but for those listeners, please go to um, uh, the website uh, and take a look at "Ethics: The Corporate No Brainer" because it's not—it's every every statement uh, that Andrew makes uh, is backed up by research, and that is so important because we know qualitatively that this is this is right, but we want to see quantitatively how does ethics play in profitability. So now it's time for a short break on the business edge. I'm Marcia Zidel, your smart moves coach, and my guest is Andrew Lee, talking about ethical leadership. Stay tuned.
3: Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded best of staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it people plus and you'll understand why when you give us a call call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com that's 1-800-411-6401 or s-n-e-l-l-i-n-g.com Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded best of staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com, S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marcia Zidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge.
1: Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Andrew Lee, author of Ethical Leadership, Creating and sustaining an ethical business culture. During the last segment, um, Andrew was talking <clears throat> about um, how businesses can be ethical and still make money. And there is lots of research that shows that ethical leadership leads to profitability. But so let's now look at the the topic of leadership. Um, Andrew, you say a new form of leadership is needed and inevitable. Why do you say that?
2: Well, let me give you some some really good news. Um, There's there's a lot of evidence, particularly in America, that the um, amount of misconduct in organizations is actually falling. Uh, That's a surprise. (laughs) I I thought thought that might stir things up a bit. Um, I mean, it's down for the third year in a row and is now at a historic low, I mean the decline in in misconduct is widespread and the percentage of workers who say they felt pressure to compromise standards has fallen substantially. Uh, That's not just me saying that, that's the National Business Ethics Survey which is a US workforce study. Now why is that happening? I mean why are we getting less evidence of observed misconduct. I mean, it could be that everyone's shutting up, couldn't it, and not actually saying anything. But I think it's because the new form of leadership is emerging. And it's emerging because I think it's inevitable. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about um, just legislation forcing organizations to be more ethical with regulation. I'm talking about a new form of leadership that cares about how it impacts on our society. And you've seen organizations that do that uh, and have made quite a splash about it. I mean, for example, um, the ice cream company Jerry's uh, is well known in America, I guess, for its ethical stance. Right. Um, but research shows that the low level of trust that people have is really serious. People don't trust business organizations. Uh, and when you get a situation like that, it does mean that a lot of people are disengaged. They don't feel connected with the organization, which is why I said to you that although this is good news, it's not entirely clear why we're seeing uh, less misconduct being reported. As I say, it could be because people just shut up and don't actually say anything about it. But that's probably not true. What I'm really trying to say is that we are looking at a period in which new forms of leadership are being demanded both mm-hmm. by organizations and society as a whole. And I think any small organization, for example, has to take that into account. Um, you know, you tend to use uh, role models, don't you, in, in terms of leadership. Sure. And the danger is using the role model, which is now longer, no longer actually relevant. And some of our big business leaders are not particularly good role models, as, as you well know. And one of the consequences of this poor leadership is a tremendous waste of potential, We're getting people who are talented, clever, creative, being, you know, seriously underused. And we clearly need leaders who not only realize that it makes sense to utilize potential, but that alongside that, that means that you have to run an ethical organization. And they have to understand what that means in practice.
1: So tell me, what does that mean in practice? How would I know it? How do I, you know, there's a, um, a, um, a I often say when I'm speaking, um, if Martians came down, you know, and looked at your organization, what would they see? What would they hear? How would they interpret it? So how would we, how do you know that now? Can you give some examples?
2: Well, of course, there's a lot of um technical advice on, on what it means to run an ethical organisation. So I'm not going to go into all of the the measures and the methodology mm-hmm. by which organisations can be rated as ethical. But I think what it means is for a start you have leaders willing to talk about ethics and not shove the whole issue under the carpet and hope it will go away. Uh, and Secondly I think it means leaders who know that, um, that winning is at a cost sometimes. You know, it's not all win win. And that sometimes you have to uh, decide uh, this is right and this is wrong. And you need leaders who feel so involved with the company that they want to protect its image, they want to build its reputation. And they know that that's only possible if they avoid things like bullying or unethical behavior, such as lying to customers. Mm-hmm. So it means leaders who show the way, who walk the talk who demonstrate by example what they mean by being an ethical leader. I mean, it's one thing to talk about values. It's another thing to actually show them in practice.
1: Right. Um, Can you give me examples? And it doesn't have to be U.S. companies. It could be British companies or international companies. What companies would you say at this point today could be different tomorrow, but today... um, are ethical companies or exhibit ethical behaviour?
2: Well, again, as I say, um, there's no, there are no secrets about this. There are lots of different ways of measuring ethicality, and we could get tied up in knots. I've just written a piece for my website um, pointing out that there are something like two hundred and fifty different measures by which you can decide whether a company is ethical or not. But let me start with, um, you know, one of the best systems that's around which is produced by a company called Ethisphere and it produces an annual list of the world's most ethical companies. Now this is a useful list because it it breaks it down by industry. So for example um, in banking, it would their list this year for the world's most ethical companies includes a company, um, a bank from Brazil, Australia, uh, the US, uh, and so on. So you can look at it by industry rather than a, a sort of uh, a top of the pops list. You know, what's the world's most ethical companies. Right. It's usually within an industry that you look at. You know, what what are the companies that are outstanding? And in most cases, the, the, those sorts of companies stand out. the The problem, if I can just explain, is that mm-hmm. these keep changing. I mean, for a while, Starbucks was, you know, uh, the good boy on the block. Right. Was thought to be highly ethical and and a company which you could respect and people you know really thought was a company that cared about its people and a whole range of things. Uh, Only to find recently, as you know, that it's been accused of not paying its taxes. And in Britain, there was a a movement to uh, a a, a customer movement to boycott Starbucks, which rapidly backtracked and started paying more taxes. (laughs) Um, now, that's happened to Vodafone in the UK, uh, right. a similar problem, you know, revealed as not paying its taxes. And more recently, we've seen a whole list of companies uh, not paying taxes, but fiddling their taxes by being um, uh, domiciled outside of their home state, like yes. in Luxembourg and so on. So so clearly, you know, to give you, you know, well, this is the most ethical company. <laughs> it's a pretty tricky thing to do because tomorrow morning, yeah. you know, you may well find that that company isn't. Uh, as as ethical as you thought. What really matters is that the company itself cares about its ethical reputation. And some of the problems that have been occurring recently, particularly in the financial services industry, is it's quite clear that the leaders of these organizations didn't really seem to care Mm -hmm. about their reputation. I mean, you, you can name one or two banks whose behavior was absolutely outrageous. You know, uh, and have been fined billions of dollars as a result. Now, these are led by people who clearly took unacceptable risks with the reputation of their organization. And it'll take years, Marcia, for those companies to rebuild that reputation. It only takes a few bad, uh, one or two bad things to destroy a reputation. It can take you 20 years to grow it and 10 minutes to destroy it.
1: Well, you know, you had some really interesting points, um, uh, uh, and, and just to sort of summarize and, and reiterate, um, you know, when I ask you for the you know, names of companies, you know, what's the top ten? And I think r- r- you really have to look at the industry, and as you said, um, that's more important. But but also, what I got was that um, that you can be um, considered like Starbucks. Um, an ethical company today, but tomorrow things can change, and so it seems to me that ethics is not just a one, you know, we check it off the list at the beginning of the year, it's an ongoing project to to make sure that we continue along the ethical moral behavior, Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think it's a
2: good question because the, the whole of what I deal with is looking at that issue of what's a sustainable approach. You know, if it was a once-a-year exercise where you could tick the box and say, you know, gee, wow, you know, we're ethical and that's it, that would be really <laughs> convenient, wouldn't it? You yes. Know? I mean, like having a sort of um, audit, you know, a financial audit that comes out once a year, you know, this company is honest. You know, good night and thank you and get on with the business. Unfortunately, ethics are not like that because organizations are constantly facing ethical dilemmas. You know, issues to do with bribery or issues concerned with gifts, issues concerned with uh, problems that they hadn't anticipated at all. Um, I mean, look at, for example, the recent issue of the um, uh, terrible deaths in Bangladesh Mm -hmm. uh, in the factory that was making Mm t-shirts now they were some of the most well-respected companies were getting their t-shirts made there and yet one of them didn't even know that they were using that factory
1: Hmm.
2: so i mean you know this this whole issue of ethicality if you like or being an ethical organization is a permanent job i mean it's not something which is going to go away and you tick it's almost like um, you as a manager for example when I, I manage staff I'd expect to talk to them every day you know mm-hmm. I would see them once a year you know I talk to them all the time and if I didn't you know, if I had too many people working for me I'd have people working for me who would talk to them and I think ethics is constantly needing to be on the agenda of an organisation what we would in my side of the business would say you have to have an ethical filter so when you're making decisions for example uh-huh. Marsha. Mm -hmm. One of the questions you might ask is, is this an ethical decision? Would we, for example, uh, be worried if this decision turned up in the newspapers tomorrow morning? (laughs) Would we be proud to tell our mother of what we've just done? You know, these are constant questions which may seem rather naive and basic, but they're what, you know, they're what organizations often need to do. In order to establish what is right and what is wrong, and there's no, although I think your Peter um, uh, Drucker, Peter, Peter Drucker. Drucker quote about you know there's only one principle is, is probably right. On the whole, with ethics, each company has to decide for itself. What does it mean for us to be ethical? I'll give you a good example. Well, Mar-
1: can, you, can you hold that thought? Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's yeah. okay, because it is time for a short break. Um, yeah. This is Marsha's Idol, their Smart Moose coach, and my guest is Andrew Lee talking about ethical leadership. And when he when we get back, he is going to finish that thought. So stay tuned.
3: Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1 800 411 6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1 800 411 6401 or s n e l l i n g.com.
0: You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge.
1: Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Andrew Lee, author of Ethical Leadership, Creating and Sustaining an Ethical Business Culture. During our last segment... Um, Andrew was talking about a sustainable approach. It's not just uh, eth- ethical ethics within a company. It's not just checking a box and saying, we're done for the year. It's a continual process. And, uh, he one of the things that he talked about was every time you, you not every time, but when, when important decisions, um, should you ask the question, is this an ethical decision? And he was going to expand more on that. So Andrew, can you do that, please?
2: Well, the example I was going to quote, Marcia, was um, to make the point about that it's, it's the company's decision as to what is going to be their ethical stance. Mm-hmm. For example, if you take Marks and Spencer's, uh, you know, well-known retail organization in the UK, mm-hmm. it made the decision uh, a year or a few years back that it was going to make sure that everything it did contributed to sustainability, right? Sustainability was the theme, the idea, and everything that it did from, you know, making clothes to selling them to, to credit control to... Uh, production would all be have a filter around sustainability and that was Marks and Spencers it wasn't Gap okay Mm -hmm. or it wasn't next it wasn't some other organization it was what Marks and Spencers chose and each organization has to decide for itself what does it mean for us to be an ethical company no one else can come along and tell you you know that you know for you to be ethical you have to do this we, there are certain kind of obvious things like, well, if you've got slavery in your <laughs> supply chain, you know, that isn't a desirable thing for you to have. And so some organizations will be very much more explicit than others about saying this matters to us a lot, right? right. Others perhaps would put less stress on that. So as with the World's Most Ethical Companies criteria, a lot of it depends on the total picture that the company builds up in the minds of consumers or users or its customers, that builds reputation, that builds the message, we are an ethical, trustworthy organization. It can't be done with a tick of the box and a once-off annual effort. It has to be a continual process. And of course, what organizations are finding, particularly the bigger they get, is how expensive this is proving, right? Not only to meet the basics of, of regulation, You know, in other words, the requirements that are being imposed on them by formal legislation, but that they are finding that society is expecting them to go even further than the legislation, to do more. And, of course, this is costing a lot of money, and therefore they have to make the decision what's practical, what they can really afford. It isn't like there's a a kind of menu of things you have to do. But there are some things which are clearly no-no, like, you know, don't have slavery in in your supply chain.
1: Well, you know, let's get back to that. You, uh, during the uh, uh, prior segment, you gave an example about in Bangladesh where there was a fire in a factory and many people were killed, and they and there were companies who didn't even know about the working conditions within this factory, or that they even had their products. Uh, produced in these factories. So let's take it now down to the nitty-gritty. How do companies make sure that the decisions they make from the top all the way down to the first-line supervisor are ethical decisions?
2: I think that's a really powerful question because this brings me to the point that I want to make really about this subject as a whole, which is that the... The choices that organizations make around this subject are, shall we just be compliant, right? Mm-hmm. Shall we just do what the regulations say, or shall we do more, right? Now, most of the effort at the moment is going into, let's just be legal, right? Mm-hmm. Let's right. just do what the law tells us to do, and it was that'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not okay. There are plenty of things that... You can be legal, but still be unethical. A classic example might be that in some countries it's perfectly legal to pollute a river,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: right? Now, that's not a very ethical thing to do, but it's maybe legal. Mm -hmm. So each organization has to make this decision about what do you mean by being an ethical organization? And that's something which um, I'm concerned with in the sense of answering your question. How do we make sure that, these decisions are ethical given the size of our organization you know it's happening all over the place decisions are being made we can tell people to be ethical but how do we make it work in practice what it's coming down to is something which I call ethical engagement right mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you have to get everybody not just you know a few people everybody in the organization has to be committed to running an ethical organization Now, again, as I say, you have to decide what that actually means for the individual company, Marsha. But Mm -hmm. in the end, what you're looking for is ethically engaged employees. And you can tell they're ethically engaged because they do certain things. Like, for example, they pop up and say to their supervisors or their managers, hey, this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. This is something we think is wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. Right. I mean, it goes right back to the original classic story of Shell dumping or trying to dump, you know, an oil rig in the North Sea. Right. Right. And you wanted to do it because it was cheap. Right. But the employees of Shell said, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't be polluting the ocean with this great big, you know, oil rig. You've got to find a better way. And although at the time the. The leaders of Shell were not that ethically concerned about this issue. They soon became it when they realized this was not an issue just confined to their workers. It was happening outside of the organization too. There were were all sorts of lobbying efforts going Mm -hmm. on saying don't do this. Now, this is happening on a wider and wider scale in organizations around the world. People are not putting up with unethical behavior. And as I say, the statistic I gave you earlier on shows that you know, the efforts are beginning to pay off. I mean, the percentage of workers who said that they saw misconduct on the job has fallen. Now, although that might be just because they're silent, on the other hand, you know, it's, it's a, a great increase in terms of you know, uh, improvement that people are actually not seeing um, you know, some of the bad things that have been happening. And this improvement is pervasive. In the last two years, for example, misconduct in, in the US in particular fell in every one of the 26 categories that were surveyed. So it wasn't just a one-off, it's happening that, you know, more and more organizations are having to take note of this issue of being ethical. So hence my original proposition, which is, I think it's inevitable, a new form of leadership is not only needed, but is emerging.
1: Well, um, I think that is a really good basis for what this whole program is about. And I would like to, we have just a couple minutes more, um, end with this question. Uh, which is we've seen so many bad things happening in business, from bad bankers to supply chains that include slavery, and you've mentioned that. Are things getting, uh, uh, are, are things getting better or worse in your view? And I think you talked about it getting a bit better. Uh, can you talk a little more about that?
2: Well, I think, for example, a few years ago, if you went round to most big organizations, you wouldn't have found a lot of concern about training staff in ethics, or if you like to think of it in terms of compliance, how do we mm-hmm. get them to, to go along, to not go along, sorry, that's the wrong phrase, to, how do we get them to make sure that we don't breach regulations, for example. Now, there's a huge amount of money going into this. I mean, it's, I mean, it's running into billions, not millions. Mm-hmm. Um, So things are definitely happening on a number of fronts that are forcing organizations, whether they like it or not, to get more ethical. The question that's really arising, as I've raised before, is it's all very well forcing people to do that. But you really don't want to run organizations that way. You want a set of individuals who are highly committed to building the organization's reputation, for example, for you know, being a responsible organization. And in order to get that, you have to have employees who are thoroughly engaged with the organization and what it's trying to do, what I would call ethically engaged people. Now, there's been a huge amount of work in the last few years on the whole issue of engagement. Mm -hmm. And of course, the statistics are not that encouraging. You know, Mm -hmm. the the evidence is that a lot of people are feeling disengaged with organizations. And of course, that's something that is having to be tackled and is being tackled. In in many organisations, now in a very systematic way, it's not like you know. Well, it's a good idea. We should do something about this, and we'll get (laughs) round. It's happening in a lot of places. There are people in charge now of organisations whose sole title is engagement officer or something equivalent to that, because people realise that it matters, and it doesn't. And it matters not just in terms of productivity, but in terms of ethicality, in terms of you know. Well, if you want your people to speak up about things that are wrong. You have to engage them in the whole uh, culture and the whole purpose of the organization, not just brainwash them with rules and regulations and instructions.
1: Well, it sounds to me that um, to make this happen uh, within an organization, it's it starts from the top. It is to build a culture of not only being ethical, but also speaking up when things aren't right. Correct. Ir- you know, and and not getting a slap on the hand, and it also comes down to um, the the whole hiring process of finding people who are engaged and who believe have the same values that that the company. Uh, promote. So it's all these things that make an ethical company. Um, at this point, uh, we are in for a short break. Um, this is Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves coach. And my guest is Andrew Lee talking about ethical leadership. And when we come back, uh, uh, um, Andrew will give you some key takeaways from uh, his, uh, his talk and also how to contact him. So stay tuned.
3: Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus. And you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com, S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to marcia at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge.
1: Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach, and my guest is Andrew Lee, author of Ethical Leadership: Creating and Sustaining an Ethical Business Culture. Well, you know, there's so much to say about the, of an ethical business culture, and you've only t- touched on the, you know, some some key points. So, uh, what would what, what are these key points that you would like our listeners to remember, Andrew?
2: Well, I think I've just got three very simple things that are worth mentioning. One is that businesses of all sizes, Marsha, need to give real attention to ethical concerns, particularly how the leadership can set the tone from the top uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, make sure that the message comes through the, uh, the, the whole chain of command. I think the second thing is that I'm concerned personally with helping organizations, uh, businesses in particular, achieve what I call ethical engagement, that is people willing to speak up about ethical issues and to help preserve and grow the company's reputation. That really concerns me. And I think the last thing is, just as we started, which is that it's a no-brainer, really. (laughs) Ethical businesses have lower costs, they have higher profits, they keep and retain their talent uh, far better than less ethical companies. So being ethical isn't just a no-brainer, it's absolutely the right thing to do. It's the right business
1: decision. And I think that is, that is a really good way to end to say it is the right thing to do. Sometimes we are so concerned with short-term profitability that we forget about long-term. And long-term has to do with not only how much money you make, but what is your reputation. And ethical leadership enhances one's reputation. So I want to thank you so much, Andrew, because uh, this is, um, as I mentioned, this is a topic that interests me and I think interests uh, many of our listeners, and it's a topic that is not going to go away. It is going to be with us. So Andrew, if if listeners want to contact you or find out more about what you do, how can they do that?
2: Well, it's very simple. They could, uh, they could buy the book, which is called Ethical Leadership, uh, and that's at Amazon, and uh, it's $33. I think it's good value for money, actually. <laughs> uh, the, the website is called ethical leadership.co.uk. So that's www.ethical leadership.co.uk. And you'll find a lot about me there and about what my uh, website is trying to achieve and how, for example, help can be given in different situations to organizations. The last thing is if you've got a question as a listener, uh, I'm happy to try and answer it. You can drop me a line on email to Andrew L at maynardlee.co.uk that's m-a-y-n-a-r-d-l-e-i-g-h.co.uk that's my email address or through Marsha you can write an email as well uh, and I'll be happy to deal with business ethical issues particularly around ethical leadership do feel free to drop me a line
1: well, thank you so much, Andrew. Again, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I've learned quite a bit about ethical leadership, and I'm going to be more attuned to when I go into organizations and talk to um, executives and CEOs to start asking them about, you know, how do you do things around here? How are you know? How what do, what does how does ethics play in your decision making? So, I, again, thank you so much, Andrew.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you, Marsha, for inviting me on.
1: So next week's program is The Workforce of the Future. Uh, and the guest is our Business Edge sponsor, David Allen, president and CEO of Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. Uh, stay, tune in on Wednesday, November 19th at 11 Pacific and 2 Eastern for this thought-provoking interview. So here's another smart moose tip for this week. A leader leads by example, whether he intends to or not. It's the questions we ask, the stories we tell, and the examples we set that influence those around us, shaping their thinking and their actions. What examples are you setting for those around you? Are you conscious about what you say and how you act, knowing that you are always influencing others? And this is especially true of leaders. Um, It's not just a nine-to-five job. It is how do you act both inside the company and outside the company as well. So listeners, do you want to discover how good a leader you are? Do you want to find out more about your leadership? Then contact me at Marsha. M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Ask the Smart Moves coach. Let me show you how. Remember, good intentions, even with a good plan, doesn't magically lead to good results. What does is focus action, alignment, and accountability. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Ziddle, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Remember, innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level.